Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VidFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molino. For more information about VidFriends, you can visit us at www.vidfriends.org. You can also call me at 844-374-3639, extension 4. Leave a message and I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience. You can also email me at podcast at gmail.com. So thank you for listening to Living Life and Love. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So on today's show, I have Denise Powell. Welcome, Denise. Hey, hey. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well besides the heat. You know, it's just hot everywhere mm-hmm. you go. It's just, and it's been true. consistently hot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can't get around it. We've been getting a lot of rain here, though, fortunately. Well, here in North Carolina, you know, in Raleigh in particular, we'll get our rain like at four o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then it'll die out by five, but it's still hot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat getting it intermittently and it's been welcome because it's been so humid and that Absolutely. makes it a little cooler in the morning. And I like to run or walk in the morning. So it's like, yeah, that that we've been getting a little break with the rain. We're getting nothing. I mean, it starts off hot in the morning at eight o'clock. You're already burning up. So yeah, hopefully we'll get some relief in the next few weeks. Yeah. But I want to start off by saying welcome to the show. Um, Thank we you. had you're having. welcome. We had an opportunity to meet back in Atlanta, and now we'll get to that a little bit later. So I want to start off by. Um, allowing you the opportunity to officially introduce yourself. Okay. Well, hey, like I said, thank you for having me on your podcast. This is very exciting. My name is Denise Powell, and I am the uh, founder of DP Global Media. We I founded it in 2016, and I'm also founder and executive director of the Global in- Independent Filmmakers Tribe which I founded in 2021, shortly before I met you in March of 2021. I met you in 2022 in March. And I'm a graduate of Florida A&M University. I've been in Atlanta for about 18 years and uh, wrote a book about it. Like to hear about it? Here it goes. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Welcome to Atlanta. (laughs) Yes, uh, it's called Welcome to the A. And I also am an author of If I Knew Then, which is a book on personal financial empowerment that I wrote in 2000, that I published in 2000. So started out as more so, I've always been a communicator and a camera person. I'm the type of person that even if I'm not working, a lot of times I've gotten away from having my professional camera all the time, but I love having my camera so much that it's almost like a, a an an effort, you know, like an arm, extra arm or something. But um, I got into, I always wanted to get into filmmaking and I went through the TV producer certification class at People TV uh, a few years ago in 2016. And I enjoyed that so much that really, just standard writing and editing sort of has somewhat taken a back seat 
to to camera and and film filmmaking because it's just so exciting directing a project writing at writing a project uh like the I always go go back to Habakkuk two and two and two, write the vision and make it plain. It's just Absolutely. such a foundation for I having come up in the being raised in the church a lot. I just I have always used that as confirmation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I wrote my first play when I was six years old. It was a church play. Wow. And from there the pastor actually kind of knighted me the the church playwright and i grew up just doing like those types of dramas so it was always in me but i didn't major in that in college and i after i i was a navy veteran after after graduating from famu i got commissioned and was an officer in the navy for a number of years and and so I really got away from that. But now that I am basically on that second half of, of life, because I like to sort of optimistically feel like I might live to 100 because my grandmother lived to 99. Right. So, and I feel like I have pretty good genes so far if I don't get hit by a truck or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm on that second half. I've raised two daughters and they are college graduates and doing their own thing. So now I'm back to doing my own thing. So Absolutely. now I'm like re-embracing what I really feel like I was put here to do in 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 a more in a fuller form as opposed to I still excuse me, I still work full time. But I'm kind of winding down from that and getting ready to switch gears and and having met you all, you and the other five castmates who were on Faces of Vitiligo is a great boost for the start of the Global Independent Filmmakers Tribe, which the acronym for it is GIFT. So yeah, I'll just say GIFT from, from now on referring to it but it's it's a great platform to just kind of just really propel me and and this new nonprofit out into a, a, an important space right so, absolutely yeah a very important space so i'm i'm really excited about it well, good good and, and you know and you're doing a lot of great things i i see on facebook some of the things that you're doing you have another project we'll get to that later on um, and, you know, you talk about purpose and, and let's talk about that a little bit, because I think sometimes, you know, when we're younger, we think we know our purpose, you know, in our 20s and 30s, we're like, yeah, I know my purpose. And mm -hmm. then you hit 40s and 50s, it changes, you know, exactly. and, yeah. you know, I think about it. I'm a mass communications major, but I've never worked in radio, never worked in TV, always worked in education. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, man, I have this degree in radio, TV, journalism, all that, but I never used it. And now I'm doing a podcast, I'm using it, and I feel like I found my purpose. I'm reaching more people I've ever reached before in my life. You know, I'm talking to people from across the seas and right. people I never thought I have an opportunity to meet. And I find it interesting, you know, as we talk about this pandemic and being at home, Yes, we were at home, but we were still connected. We had yeah. the internet. 
Yes, it's been, that has been really so affirming. It's a real trip, Mark, that when Zoom, by the time everybody really got on Zoom, I had a friend and I, Marie, at, who is who who designs my flyers and all of some all kinds of back office things that that we do for each other because we just work in, in tandem. Marie and I in 20, I want to say 2016, before Zoom even became a platform, we were we were beta testing Zoom mm. because wow. we just kind of found out about it just sort of randomly that it would be a good platform and we would try it from different places we i go to a starbucks and try it and go to you know try it at home and then we bring in another person and wow. try to see how how long we could run it for that type of thing so and and then so by the time zoom became a necessity it was right. it was just so amazing that that we we're kind of already looking at it and just sort of waiting for for that to because people were on Skype, but right. Skype was proven to be very faulty, and right. now it's sort of just falling by the wayside. And Absolutely. you know, and now at you know, in a lot of spaces, we're on Teams. Are you on Microsoft Teams? Probably like right. Have you? And then Google Meet. This is my first time being on Google Meet. Oh, wow. See, for yeah. Google Meet, we use it for the kids. Okay. And yeah. I started looking at it. I said, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I can record from Google Meeting. I could do my podcast that way. Yeah. That way I can see people. I can actually connect and see who they are. Yeah. So it has allowed me to uh, record with somebody from Brazil one of my friends out in the Czech Republic, just anywhere, you know, Puerto Rico, wherever you're at. Right. I can connect with yes. Yes. And that's so a, that's, a, that's a good feeling too. Right. Just be able to just kind of still just keep it moving. Just Absolutely. Do what you've been doing all day and then just kind of just jump on here without having to jump in your car and, and absolutely and, yeah. and what was kind of interesting during the pandemic the height of the pandemic because technically we're still in it yeah. um we were doing facebook live i'm gonna call them podcasts because mm -hmm. what i would do we would choose a topic so let's talk about thanksgiving Okay. And we would just have people jump on and we would kind of go back and forth and share our thoughts and ideas about Thanksgiving, some of our traditions and things we mm -hmm. did with our family. Mm -hmm. And I never thought at that point that I was podcasting through Zoom. It was actually through Zoom. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that. Not until I said, wait a minute, if I can use Zoom to do this, do it this way and record, I can use Google Meeting and record. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go live. Right. Because because what I found going live, it limited me with what I can do with editing, adding music and mm -hmm. have my intro, my outro and really making yeah. it personal. Right. Yes. Yes. That's that. Adds, yeah. To help you add those touches. Those Absolutely. Touches. Absolutely. Yeah. And what made me think about it. And then we're going to get into um, transition to um, Atlanta, the summit. But what made me think about it, I was listening to NPR, I listened to a lot of national public radio. And, yeah, um, and I'm like, oh, they have different music they use in the beginning. Or sometimes they play it throughout whatever podcast it is. It's okay. 
Yeah. So let me make my own music because I don't want to get sued by anybody. Right. <laughs> so okay. okay. Yeah. So I, I do my own music. Really? So yeah, mm -hmm. I found some. So you just apps. mix. Mm -hmm. You just mix music. Or... Well, no, I make it from scratch. I use there's certain apps that I use, and I just make it from scratch, and I put the sound together, and then I'll go ahead and add my introduction. Okay. And I'll link it to the podcast itself. Then I have my outro and say all the necessary things I need to say. Because I said, I don't want to get into any lawsuits to anybody because <laughs> you mm -hmm. use my music, you know. Right. And, um, yeah. and I try to make it unique. So each person I interview, they have mm -hmm. their own unique sound. Yes. Okay. Every now and then I'll use, I'll, I'll refurbish the song. But for the most part, everything is unique. Um, that's amazing. That yeah, sounds so, like a lot of work too. It, it's a lot of work, but it's fun because I get to make mm -hmm. the song first. Like I'll sit and make a song, and I'm like, "Oh, I like that." I'm gonna add it to my playlist, okay. my personal playlist in the car. But then I'll use it for my podcast. That's amazing. And like, <laughs> what about a twenty second or? Well, the song itself. I'm gonna be honest. My songs is like three or four minutes. Okay. But I use about let's say twenty seconds intro, maybe ten seconds seconds outro. Of that song, but I listen to the song on my playlist, my yes. rotation when I'm driving to and from work. That is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Look, we gotta have fun with what we do, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. And um Absolutely. it is it is time consuming, um, but I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's something I enjoy. Mm -hmm. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. Right, um, yes, I know what you mean. Yes, Absolutely. That's like anything, anything that I do that involves that camera, it just right. comes alive. Yes. Well, well let's speak about camera work. So back in March, we had the, the summit uh, in Atlanta hosted by the Brotherhood Alliance. And we saw you bring in, as a matter of fact, help you bring in cameras and all that other equipment. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, I don't know what's happening, but I guess she's going to be taking pictures. I had no clue that there was going to be a documentary. So how did that come about? And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, your experience at the summit. Yes. Well, it was it really unfolded quite organically. Perry and I, uh, Perry Whaley, who mm -hmm. was the primary host and, and his organization is Vitiligo, Vitiligo Man of Action. He normally, when we do things, we kind of call each other, me, between me, him and Pitt and uh, his wife, Ke Kelly, right. we, we bounce off a lot of, of things that, uh, off of each other. And he had, called me and you let me know, Denise, we're going to be doing that Vitiligo, uh, the, the Vitiligo Brotherhood is going to be bringing the summit to Atlanta. And he was all excited and everything. He had called me quite a few months before. And I said, well, Perry, let me get involved any, any way that I can. And you know how I normally do, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm always willing to, you know, be there for media support and if he has, you know, needs vendors and what have you, I'll be a vendor or what have you. And so I thought about it as I was building my mission, which is to bring a voice to the voiceless and bring right. attention to issues that are not normally discussed and that people, you know, may notice it, but they don't say anything about it. Right. Uh, this it it just fits so much in line with with what I with something 
that I would want to do. And then with his organization being a nonprofit and want, and that's one of our missions with GIFT is to support other nonprofits too and to boost up, to bring light to their missions. So it was just, it just felt like just the perfect partnership. So I said, well, Perry, uh, I thought about it and I said, well, let why, you should let me do a documentary. Uh, just, you know, talk to the brothers, the brotherhood and see if if they would be willing to talk with me because I wouldn't need to talk with with what, like five or so people to build a show around it and to capture footage and what have you. And he said, yes, okay, okay, but how much is it going to cost me, Denise? <laughs> right. Said, no, don't worry about that. It's a partnership. That's, you know, it's my nonprofit media company partnering with your nonprofit. That's, that's the support that out of the gate that I'm giving. And it's, it's legitimate. I'm not asking you for anything except just to expose me to, you know, give me permission to come in and capture it and, and I'll capture the weekend and did that, came to the basketball game. That was great fun. And and then captured from morning to afternoon. And I just had to uh, approach you all individually because Perry hadn't, I don't think he hadn't said anything to you all. <laughs> no, we didn't know. <laughs> but, but you I know, guess, yeah, I guess he figured that she got it. She, she right. it. yeah. And, and I'm gonna be honest, uh, that mm -hmm. Friday, my mind because I had to host it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be enjoying the basketball game, but I, I was replaying. Yeah, you weren't at the basketball yeah. game, were you? I was I, there. Okay. I, okay. I went and sat down early because my mm -hmm. brain was racing so much that mm -hmm. all I could think about was, okay, I have to get this right. Okay. I have to do this introduction right. I have to say this part. Mm -hmm. Okay, this part is next. And yeah. and I couldn't relax. I couldn't enjoy the game. Yeah. I, I, I was just on hosting mode. And, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was there. I was there early mm -hmm. and I went upstairs and got my seat and sat down. So I missed all the pictures and everything okay. that you guys yeah. took downstairs. Because um, okay. I, I, my mindset was we have to get this right out the gate. Right. You know, yes. uh, this is our first summit. We yeah. want to make sure we present everything the right way. Right. And because um, if it, I felt like as the host, if I flop, it's going to be, it's going to mm -hmm. reflect on all of us because they're going right. to say, oh, that was a bad summit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and with, with, with job. It was thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, with anything you do, you're going to have your moments, um, your challenges. Things are not always going to work the way you plan, mm -hmm. but to me, they work the way they're supposed to happen. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And you just got to be, be able to, what's what's the old phrase? Don't let them see you sweat. Right. Yes. I mm -hmm. didn't show you I was sweating because there were some <laughs> things that happened and I was like, uh oh, we got to change this. Uh oh, this is happening. Mm -hmm. uh oh, but I couldn't show that to the audience. Yes. Nobody had to see those uh old -oh moments. I, I, and it was fun, you know. Um, <laughs> You had, you all did an amazing job, and it was it was cold as it could be that day too. It was supposed to snow. It, it did snow a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It was in the March, worst weather day. It was the worst weather day I think that we had in Atlanta last year. It was. It was oh. thirty something degrees. We mm -hmm. were freezing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was very cold and windy. Right. And 
but it was it was hot in there. It was that absolutely was our hearts are warm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me ask you this. Um, before I, I know you knew Perry and very familiar with his journey, but before the summit, had you met many people at Vitiligo, or did you know much about it? None, none whatsoever. My exposure to Perry, because like I said, I would meet, well, I would meet people who had albinism and I was confused between albinism and vitiligo. Right. But I knew that I I had a good friend who had, who was albino, who is albino. And there were just too many differences, but I never met anyone. And Perry with his organization here and bringing so many different different people in around as a community and getting to know people, uh, just various people and just real fashionable and cool and doing a number of different things. Representative Hank Johnson, one of our Georgia State reps, has is uh, has is a part of the Vitiligo community, and mm-hmm. I never, I didn't realize it, but it's just like you look at people when you don't know what something is, you just wonder. Well, I wonder what that is. And one right. thing that I used to always wonder, it was. It sometimes because the difference could be so severe if a person was like dark skin and right. going from dark to light, especially. I was wondering if it was all so fatal. I was, right. you know, right. I didn't know. But you know, you wonder if something like this is going on on the outside, what's going on on the inside, if, right. if there's something. And so for, for me, it was a good education to find out that well as a commonality it seems between talking from from person to person that the the worst part of it can really feel like seems to be in the beginning when when it's when you just feel like oh man i know i don't want this this is a sudden change right an outward change and i don't understand it and i can't explain it right so it's it's just it's it's harder to deal with initially than at then as once you get to a, a place fortunately of in here in your heart and in your spirit right. and in your mind to where you it's self-acceptance. You know, you feel like it makes you I, I feel like it makes you a better person for all of us when we can accept our our own imperfections and those you know so absolutely that's what i kind of came to discover in it that at least it's not fatal thank god right right absolutely and and that's one of our big missions is to help educate the public and not just the public even our community um because of course we don't understand everything about vitiligo but some people and I can't say all, but some felt that, well, if you had it on your face, that's vitiligo. But if you didn't have it on your face, you don't mm-hmm. have vitiligo. And a lot of people don't know there are several different types. Right. So, you know, like you don't see much on my face. I have a little bit, but mostly mm-hmm. you see it on my hands, my legs, my feet, you know, parts mm-hmm. of my arm. Yes. But it's so different for every person and everybody's experience is different. Um, 
But I do agree. I think in the beginning, it's the shock of what's happening, what's mm-hmm. going on with my skin. Um, if you developed it in the 90s, you know, you knew about Michael Jackson, but there's still you still didn't know a lot of information about vitiligo. You just knew, you heard the term, you knew your mm-hmm. skin was changing, but you didn't know to what extent. Like you said, you didn't know if it was going to be something that could cause death in the future. Um, but we know now more education. No, it doesn't. It creates anxiety. It creates low self-esteem. It can create depression and all these other things. But you have to figure out one day when you're ready, I'm going to live and this is how I'm going to live, you know. And that's why we have support communities and other people out there now. Mm-hmm. And because um, that's the biggest challenge is, is all those things that anxiety, anxiety, really. Um, yeah. I have I I have anxiety, but not as bad as it used to be. You know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. part of that, part of it was before vitiligo, but after developing vitiligo, it enhanced it. It okay. made it where if I walk in the store, I, I assume everybody was staring at me. Assume, right, right. Whether yeah. they were or not, but I felt that way, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. And now I'm at a point where if you're staring, you stare. If you look, you look, you know. If you have a question, have a question, but I'm gonna live my life. You know, I'm, it's mm-hmm. too hot for me to wear jeans. I'm wearing shorts. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, like you get, you have to get to that point when you're ready, just to say, you know what, this is my life, and I have vitiligo. I have to live my life. I have to live mm-hmm. it with vitiligo. So whatever I want to do, it, it's just a part of me. You know, right. yeah, because yeah. that's just like anyone. I mean, we all have. We all have something that we Absolutely. would prefer not be the case. But here again, such a dramatic change. And right. it seemed like between talking with the six of you all, between Perry Whaley, Makita Halstead, Ben Brown, Alicia Archibald, mm-hmm. Tupone Johnson, and yourself, that out of five people, out of six people, five of you all were first this you know became started developing your vitiligo as adults right well that's so much more sudden too and yeah yeah it seemed like that would be just no easier and probably more difficult than than growing up with it but it's still just a a heavy just a, a, a heavy emotional Right. It's weird. Um, And I'm going to call it weird because um, I know we've had some discussion within our community where some people say, well, I've had it since childhood. And I almost think, you know, if you've had it for 40 years, you're still going to have those days where it's challenging. But I think you've learned to manage and live with it and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, When I developed it, I was still in my 20s, you know, so I went through college looking like Mm -hmm. what I say is normal mark with no discoloration to shortly after college discoloration. And the first few years, it was manageable because it didn't spread that much. But once Mm -hmm. it started to spread more often, I found out it started started to it started to make me look at myself differently. And I started I found myself changing where I became more insecure and I became more um, introverted. I'm already introverted 
as is. But then mm-hmm. I just became more so where somebody said, hey, let's go hang out. I'm like, nah, I got something to do. I have nothing to do. I didn't want to be seen. Because uh-huh. um, you go through that thing of people remember you one way. Now they see you a different way. And you often <laughs> wonder, well, what are they thinking? All the right. people don't may not say anything. Yeah. You still wonder. Right. And, um, you know, they you know, they want to ask. But right. Then it's it's rude to ask. Right. I, right. Yes. And, right. and let me ask you, would you consider would you consider it, say, if I was like an old friend from high school or college? I mean, and we, we have been close, not just past past passerby, you know, associates. Would you feel offended if I asked what's going on? I would rather for you to ask than not. Because what happens, I feel like I can sense that you want to ask me a question. Because you know how we get, we want to ask something, we get all fidgety, we start looking at the person in a weird way. No, just ask. Just be up front and say, hey, tell me about your skin. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. I get, and I get that anyway. I work with kids. So no matter where I go, I have a child ask me. Hey, what happened to your skin? What's wrong with your skin? I had one one little boy at the skate rink uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, um, did you get sunburned? I said, no, I didn't get sunburned. He said, well, are you mixed? I'm like, hmm. he said, you, you have black and white skin. I said, no, I'm not mixed. I said, that's not how mixed works. I said, I have what's called vitiligo. And, hmm. I, and I tried to explain it to him the best I could. And I knew he didn't understand me. I knew hmm. he did not get it. But I just said, I have a condition where I lose my pigmentation. And I knew he didn't know what pigmentation was. I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm losing. I just said, my skin is unique. You know, I just kind of stopped mm-hmm. there. Because right. the more I tried to explain to him, the more I recognized he did not understand. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we have to learn when we're talking to people. Do I go into detail or do I keep it simple? Because mm-hmm. okay. sometimes we can lose people trying to go into so much detail. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just, just keep mm-hmm. it simple. Right. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And and learning more about uh, vitiligo and seeing the community, how we interact, how we live. Um, what what are your thoughts now? You know, based on back then, you didn't know a lot. Now you know a lot more. What are your thoughts now? Well, I just I just really love who I have discovered within the the community. And just getting to know the gifts that that exist within just individuals that I never would have known were it not for this journey to to doing this documentary. For one, just learning more about not just Perry, but uh, I got to say, like getting to know Alicia Archibald, who is so dynamic and and just so explosive and she can't even help herself and in <laughs> fact she, she i had to invite her to be a part of our bullets in the fire uh, a trailer that we shot for bullets in the fire which is a book that i edited um and she was just the perfect person for for it and she's never acted before and we did it last saturday had a great time the rain didn't it was supposed to be an eight percent chance of rain wow. and 
we had no rain until we got into our cars, Mark. It was perfect. Wow. And um, uh, Makita Halstead, she's been an amazing person to get to know. And it's been great to help her discover her light. Right, right. She was out right. at the, uh, they were both out at the screening this past Sunday. And Makita had said, well, no, I don't want to say anything. But then when she started talking, she's just, she's on fire. And good, good. it's, um, it's you, you can tell that it really just helps people just kind of, it, it's an opportunity to help everybody grow and develop. And Ben Brown was able to share about the book that he has coming out. And Two-Tone was able to share his beautiful song. And I love that. And awesome. it's it showcased on there. And then you to learn more about your podcast and, and to be a part of that today is is amazing. But, you know, a lot of just things that I never really thought about. I never really thought about the fact that only 1% of the world population has right. Vitiligo. And how that's got to make a person feel very, very isolated if you develop that. Because even though you may, if you just really try, you can find other people who have the condition. But at 1%, you got to do some, it, that takes some effort to reach right. out. And that takes getting outside of your comfort zone and really in our culture we're just kind of being being less and less conditioned to do that everything right. technology driven and digitally driven which i guess that does help for for these purposes though but but still just the the isolation I'm, you know the 1% and i never knew that there were 4 to 5 different types of vitiligo yep, yep. You know, the generalized, the mucosal, the focal, yep. trichome. I, I never, and segmental. Confetti I, I is the new one. <laughs> oh, Rick Confetti? Yeah, I, and that was something mm -hmm. I learned because I had asked one of the mm -hmm. doctors. I have a whole lot of spots on my legs now since the pandemic, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just spotted. Okay. He said, yeah, that's called confetti. And I'm like, oh, that's new to me, a new term. But mm -hmm. I think it's it has always been there. Um, uh, meaning, meaning they knew about confetti. But so one of the questions I asked too, I said, you know, a lot of times we identify vitiligo as like you said, the, the five or six different um types. Um, yeah. but some of us have multiple versions of vitiligo. Okay. And it, and it's so weird. Um, even myself, my vitiligo is slow moving. Mm -hmm. I've had it 20 plus years, it is moving really slow. Some areas are repigmenting really slow. Some mm -hmm. areas are losing pigmentation really slow. Wow. And I'm like, I, I don't get it because some people can have theirs within three years and it's mm -hmm. fast moving. You mentioned repigmenting. Yes. Is that, it, it, are you doing anything to repigment? I'm not doing any treatment on, so far listeners, um, you can't see on my left side of my arm, I don't have as much vitiligo. Uh, I used to have more. But I have more spots on my right side. So I've repigmented more on my left. Even I have this, um, I'm going to show you my, but mm -hmm. if you're on my Facebook page, you've seen the picture of my bunny. That's what I call it. You used to look like a little bunny on my hand. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Now mm -hmm. it looks like it has a mouth that's open. That that's repigmentation. And I, I was looking at some old pictures. I'm going, it was bigger than that. But I feel like for me, if I'm not paying attention to it, and then I come back a month later and start looking, I'm like, oh, it's some color. Mm -hmm. Or oh, there's another spot. So it's yeah. back and forth. Um, I'm not doing any treatments. Um I may in the future consider it, but right now at this stage of my life, it's I'm living, so I'm not yes. focused on, you know, treating my vitiligo. Um, and I know it's different for every person. Everybody has a different mm -hmm. um, need within our community. I was going to talk about something real quick. You mentioned talents and, and different things we bring to the table. Um, one of the things that I advocate for within our community is that we're more than just your model. Because I know a lot of companies see us and they're so fascinated with our skin. I've got to have that vitiligo model to represent our company. I've got to have that person. And and I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, that they are so they're so impressed with our skin that they feel like, hey, if I use this person, they can draw more attention to my company. But I also feel, you know, talk to us, find out what we bring to the table besides our skin, you know, because like you said, we have many talents. Uh, we yeah. have people that write, draw, paint, that mm -hmm. are singers and actors and, you know, that can be a part of your board or a consultant. You know, we have so yeah. many things we bring to the table mm -hmm. that these, these companies are not seeing. Um, and I'm really trying to push that talk to us, find out who right. we are on the inside, not focus on the outside. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I think they're going to miss a wonderful opportunity to have somebody on their team because they're only seeing what's on the surface. And absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's what made it so important to me to, to do the, the documentary because I, of course, in doing my research on what was out there already, I found that there was a lot of like PowerPoint type, mm. very stuffy, very just square educational, not really reflective of people's true, ex you know, just experiences. Right. And I asked everybody the same battery of five questions about their experience. Like, how was it in the beginning? What was the worst part of it for you? Where did you, what did, what was your springboard? You know, what was that enlightening moment for you? And, you know, parting words, what, what would you encourage others to do? And everybody had something similar, but something different because everyone is different. And that particular day, I, I didn't even meet Alicia that day. I saw her I, and I recorded a part of her presentation, but because of time and and everything, I didn't get to to talk with her. But I happened to see her the following Saturday at at, at Kelly's paint parties. She had a, a paint and sip party, and I I said, "Oh my goodness, that's that's the young lady who was at the at the summit." and um, and I went over and I asked her, you know, can you come over? Can we get together? And and I would love to include you. 
still in the, you know, because everybody, everybody comes with a different gift. And Absolutely. Yes. And I just wanted to, to be able to, you know, to include her as well. So it just went out. So went out, just so dynamic. Absolutely. And, and let me say this to the people that are listening. Um, yes, this is, we're talking about a documentary uh, about people with vitiligo. And I understand there are other um, documentaries coming out as well. But I'm going to say this, everybody has a seat at the, ta at the table. You know, this is not a competition. This is not, um, oh, we could do this better than you. No, we're getting our stories out there. Um, everybody's going to have a different way of producing documentaries, of putting the information out there, but we have to support each other. You know, um, it's important for that message to go out to be heard um, about vitiligo, to know what vitiligo is, how it affects us. Um, I know Justin's going to have one coming out in the future. There's another mm -hmm. one by uh, Tanya from Whole Bay Productions. So, and it may be others that we don't know about. But yeah. it's important for us all to support each other, you know. And, and I, think, not, you know what? Given that you you get just gave me an idea, it would be a great idea to do a festival around them. You know, that would like, be great. You know, right. just like a screening of all of them, and Absolutely. you know, and celebrate them all in either because that can be done virtually as well as in person. Right. And, you know, and that's the word you said. We need to celebrate each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I talk about that often. You know, we have to celebrate. We have to support each other. You know, um, I know yeah. we all, all are different and we have different backgrounds and we bring different things to the table, but we got to celebrate each other. If your mm -hmm. brother or sister is doing something positive, reach out to them, yeah. say, I support you, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, I hate that I, I could not be there this past weekend. Um mm -hmm. Between work, mm -hmm. I couldn't yeah. make it. We don't live in Atlanta. I understand. It's not. But yeah. but I will be in Atlanta for World Vitiligo Day next year. So yeah. uh, hopefully you're there as well because um, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be great. Um, last year, the last year, this year was my first World Vitiligo Day experience, and um, mm -hmm. what it did it it energized me. Okay, um, I've always done the advocacy and you know, support and, you know, I've had, have other projects that I've done um, and I'll share some of them with you. Um, mm -hmm. I have a video that I made, it's a poem slash video slash short story about okay. a lion that developed vitiligo. Okay. And, um, but I'm turning it into an ebook. So that's something I'm working on. Yes. And that that's a simple process. Um, but then, a friend of mine, a couple of years ago, we were talking pre-pandemic. She said, Mark, let me ask you a question. I was like, sure. She said, um, are there any books about vitiligo and relationships? No. <laughs> I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. she said, well, won't you write a, a story? I was like, no, I'm not writing a story about vitiligo relationships. Mm -hmm. She said, you write about, I write poetry. So she said, mm -hmm. But you write poetry all the time. Won't you just write a short story? All right. And no sooner than we hung up, I started working on this thing. It, and it's a short story. It's really short. And it's called The Patterns of Love. Okay. Um, and and it's about, it's a bit of like a love story, you know, and it's about um, really my journey with Vitiligo, my thoughts on dating and relationships. But then it becomes fictional 
where you introduce a new character and it kind of shows a positive spin on having vitiligo relationships and love and that, um yeah that sounds intriguing and you yeah. talked a little bit about uh, about your journey with love on the on yeah. the documentary you talk about yeah <laughs> with that and that's important though that's important right one to, to talk about because when we talk about things we kind of that's like a cleansing you right right absolutely that and and just owning it and well, and, and, and that you you have the ability to move past it right and, and there's things we have to talk about because within our community some that is a a rough patch for some people is yeah. finding love finding somebody who's going to love you for you not for what you look like on the outside because i've talked about sympathy dating you meet mm -hmm. that person, they, they like you because they feel like you can't get a date because of your skin. Mm -hmm. So they sympathy date, date you. Or some people are fascinated with our skin. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, be fascinated with who I am on the inside. Right, absolutely. So it is a rough patch for some of us um, when it comes to dating. Some people find love no matter what. Um, but you also have to be confident enough to say, you know what, I'm worth it. And you regardless are, of what yeah. I look like on the outside, you're going to love me for who I am. Exactly. Um, but that's that's the stage you have to get to. And hence why I call my show Living Life and Love, because I do talk about okay. you got to live our lives, but love is important, too. Exactly. But yes. You got to love yourself. For everyone. So, Absolutely. You know, so it doesn't even matter whether you have feel like or not. That's absolutely. That's one of the areas. It, it, right. And it starts with loving yourself. Because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I had to think about it. I said, you know, if I don't love who I am, how can I expect somebody else to love me? You know, exactly. And and really, when you show that I can go on a date by myself, you know, mm -hmm. I can get dressed up and look in the mirror and say, "Hey, I love you." Other people start taking notice in your confidence, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. and how yes. it it also say it's not narcissism, it, it's not arrogance. It's just you have to love who you are, regardless, you know. Yes, and, your own self confidence, yeah. like even absolutely. Then in his stand up, I always I bring that out to people that even Martin Lawrence says, you know, self esteem. That's about just the self. Self, you know? right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? That was a hard lesson for me to learn because I had somebody used to say that to me all the time. You know, it's your self esteem, self. Right. And it Nobody it took me. Taking away your self esteem, no right. destroying that for you. That's Absolutely. Lord. But yeah. it, it took me a good four years to figure that out. And once I did, I said, you know what? Okay, it's time for me to take ownership of the issues I have. It has nothing to do with vitiligo, it's just mm -hmm. already inside of me. And let me take ownership of it. And that's what I often say vitiligo will enhance the issues we have, the challenges we have, um, it, you know, but a lot of times we blame it on vitiligo. But I'm thinking if I was shy before vitiligo, I'm probably double, double that now. <laughs> or if I didn't have confidence before vitiligo, it doubles that. So you have to figure out within yourself, how do I manage these things? And right. how do I become a, a better person for me? Not for somebody else, but for me, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you just have to, you just have to just know that we are here for 
we're all of us are here for a purpose. Right. Absolutely. And, and we just have to just walk toward it and and just go, just go with it. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. real quick, um, we we're gonna switch gears and you know i always tell my my guests i'm gonna honor their time and honor my time i don't want us to be on too too long um share with our listeners some of your upcoming projects and maybe just a little information about the premiere that you just had in atlanta although we talked about it a little bit yes well we do plan to do more screenings because the the screening was was very enjoyable everybody enjoyed it the energy was high it was a great opportunity for the team of the a team of Perry, alicia and justin for them to promote the the world vitiligo summit that's that'll be coming next june and um so we're we're planning to do another showing over in Stone Mountain. Perry wants to take it to uh, Virginia Beach because he's from Virginia Beach. Right. He we want to bring it up to Raleigh as well. Okay. And we're still working to get it up on Prime Video and Tubi and a couple other streaming networks. We're working with our distributors on that. Awesome. And. We've got a, like I, I mentioned that we filmed a, um, there's a book called Bullets in the Fire by Edward Roy that I edited in 2020. And it's the, it's a biography of his mother. His mother, Irma Hill, is on the front of the book, as you can see on the cover. And she was a famous numbers writer who worked for the mafia wow. and she was possibly all in all things all evidence leads to that she was killed by the mafia she oh, actually wow. worked for tony so tony salerno big tony if you ever right. follow, like the, the the mafia the old mafia family and it's a book about her and and the trailer that we filmed re relates to one of the chapters uh, that was called, and the, the name of the chapter is The Second Rape, a very intense chapter about what led her out of out of uh, America's Georgia to Atlanta. It's a very, wow. very action-packed book that we are looking forward to trying to pitch and really trying to bring to network television or to right or some some entity like that and beyond that i'm looking for other projects to other projects to do documentaries on and to do there are there are a couple of other projects that are scripted that i'm not at liberty liberty to to mention outright right. at this time but there there are some ones that we're working on and they're I'm, I, I really am attracted to period films, to uh, Bullets in the Fire is, goes back to like night, it relates to like the 1940s, the depression era, era right. around that time. And that's the, we, that's one of our missions is, you know, like historical, especially as relate to the African-American community and other communities like the Maroons who were like some of the like former people, 
who couldn't be slaves, who right. lived independently and uh, just tell to tell a lot of stories that relate to overcoming and doing some things that don't get that, that don't get that type of attention. I, right, I like kind of cutting edge, uh, edgy type type programming more so than just your standard stuff. And a lot of people, I find that a lot of people do like to kind of go back in the day sometimes as opposed to staying in this era. And right, right. You kind of just think of a different time and feel that time, you know. Right. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these projects come to life and hey, make sure you keep us updated. Yes, so sir. before we close out, I always ask my guests to leave um, our listeners with some words of encouragement, uh, something positive. So if you'll do that for me, I greatly appreciate it. Hey, I just always, I just want to encourage everybody to, no matter what, everybody, we're all going through uh, the same general type of challenges. We're all in the midst of a pandemic. We all experience different types of isolation and what have you, but you just got to believe in yourself and know that whatever you want to do, you really can do it. You just have to believe in yourself, believe in your higher power. Uh, like I said, it, no, even if you are not a writer, to write the vision and make it plain so that you write what you, you see, see what you say and you you'll 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 get there and it's all just a it's a process and we just have to remember to just keep working it though absolutely keep absolutely working it yes so well denise thank you for sending our listeners those words of encouragement because i know it's going to be in the airway somebody's going to hear it somebody's going to say yes that was a message for me um Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I look forward to being able to sit and talk again. Uh, hopefully it'll be before um, next year's World of the LIGO Day. Yes, so, let's, make it. let's make it so. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, and I'll send you some links to some of those um, things, that books I uh, discussed earlier. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just share these things out. So I thank you. I appreciate it. Um, for our listeners, one thing I do want to say, remember that vitiligo is not contagious, but love is. That's yeah. my little model now. I love and absolutely. So remember, as you're going out and about in your day, to love someone, your friend, your family, your, your enemies, you know, just make sure you love somebody. But most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself, I love you. You've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. And my special guest is Denise Powell from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you for listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends podcasts are heard in over 40 different countries around the world. You can listen to our podcast on Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and also on Facebook. Fit Friends Podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team.